being in partnership and especially a female partnership in business is really challenging. You have to take the relationship almost as seriously as a marriage. You have money mixed together. You have your dreams mixed together. You have your future mixed together. So much that is so deeply important that it should be almost as important as your marriage because it's impacting that much of your life. Welcome. I'm Alyssa Nobriga, your host of the Healing and Human Potential podcast, a place for you to discover the multidimensionality of what it means to be human. Over the past 20 years, I've trained thousands of coaches in my methodology, leveraging my experience as a former psychotherapist, and I'm here to share with you all the wisdom and insights that I've learned along the way. Each week, I'll share with you life-changing tools to support you in awakening and manifesting your dream life from the inside out. We'll be exploring the intersection between ancient wisdom and modern everyday life, really diving deep into the art of human potential through the lens of psychology, spirituality, and coaching. Let's let the magic unfold. I have the privilege of having Krista Williams on the podcast today. She is the co-founder of one of the top 50 podcasts, Almost 30, which is also a global brand. Krista is the creator of It's Krista, which provides an honest take on health, wellness, spirituality, and style. And she is a leading expert on topics such as entrepreneurship, personal development, modern spirituality, and body acceptance. We drop into an intimate, heartfelt conversation around conscious business, conscious friendships. I hope you enjoy. So there is so much that I want to dive into a conversation with you. And I just love you so much. And I love that you have this beautiful brand, mm-hmm. this the Almost 30 podcast, top podcast and mm-hmm. community that you really mm-hmm. pour into, but you also have a really beautiful spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. And I would love to start a conversation about conscious business, really mm-hmm. leading from the heart. Mm-hmm. I know for me, it's like the busier I am in the physical world, mm-hmm. the deeper my practices need to be. I think of it like a ballast mm-hmm. in a ship where just they keep me rooted in reality, mm-hmm. no matter what happens with the winds of life. And I sort of think of meditation and spiritual practices as the Mm pregame and our real life as the real game. Mm There's a preparation for Mm -hmm. so that we can live open and true. Mm -hmm. And I really take business as a spiritual path Mm -hmm. really to help not only heal, but also awaken Mm -hmm. and using everyday life triggers Mm -hmm. to support our own evolution. Mm -hmm. Being so spiritually oriented and running a business, Mm -hmm. what's been your experience with these? Yeah, I think firstly, I never thought it would be possible to be a spiritual being within business. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up in a small town in Ohio and I grew up around a culture and people that didn't really have the opportunity or chance to do anything that they loved. Mm. I never saw anybody that was an entrepreneur. I never saw anyone that own their own business. I never saw anyone that weaved their own authenticity into what they did. Mm. Everyone that I knew, my parents included, were people that had their jobs and they were a certain type of person at their job. And then they came home and then they were a certain type of person at home. And then they had their dreams that sort of died on the vine. Okay. So I had to really expand my mind and capacity and belief that I could actually be myself within business and be a spiritual being in, in business. Mm-hmm. So when I was born into this world, I've been a spiritual being my whole life. Mm -hmm. You know, at a young age, I was someone that was always exploring sort of the depths, like seeing things very psychic, just kind of in my own experience. And so when I had my awakening and my Saturn return, and when we started almost 30, it really 
was something that I just made my purpose and mission to mm. start a business around something that I loved and more importantly, just a business around being myself yeah. and being who I am. I and, was thinking about you. I was like, mm-hmm. you literally get paid to be yourself. Like you yeah. have, you have oriented your life, but it takes authenticity and courage yeah. to really take a stand to authentically express. And knowing yourself. And to know yourself yep. and to risk, you know, how will people hear what yes. I'm sharing? Oh yeah. And that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, there's so, so much to that. Cause it's like, yes, I get paid to do, be myself, but sometimes I'm not being myself. Mm. Sometimes I'm not fully myself. You mm-hmm. weave in and out of that mm-hmm. authenticity all the time. You know, yeah. I wish I could say that I'm always myself. <laughs> I'm as much myself as I can, yeah. but I had to know myself so much deeper to mm-hmm. really be able to be myself and do what I love. But it's so interesting because with almost 30 being a podcast host and being someone that interviews people, it was the thing that was something that I did without even knowing it. Like I'm someone that's so deeply interested in people. Like I love interviewing. Like I just love learning. I I channel very easily. I love to speak. I love to communicate. And that was born because I was like neglected when I was young. Mm. I never really had a connection that was really deep or intimate with my parents. So I had to interview them to get their attention. Oh, I had to really be present for them. I almost had to like use self erasure as a way to like grab them and get love and get love. Mm -hmm. So that was something I've done my whole life and is something now I do within my work very naturally, obviously. So it was something that was painful that turned into sort of the gold within what I do, but it's such a beautiful thing. And I never take it for granted because I know there's so many people that, and I was one of them Mm -hmm. that are out of authenticity most of the time Mm -hmm. and really want to do what they love. This is such a fascinating story of like you had a coping strategy yeah. to get love mm-hmm. by being interested in in your parents mm-hmm. and other mm-hmm. and as a way that has developed one of your gifts. Yep. But I also hear that you need to be authentic to yourself mm-hmm. and use the double-edged sword so yep. that you're really being mindful not to get lost in what yes. others want. Yes. And that's like been my work in the past two years is when am I doing that as like when am I going too far with it? Mm. When am I completely Mm self-abandoning? And even with the podcast, you know, we've done over 600 interviews and recently I've felt like I'm kind of ready to move out of so many interviews because I love to do them. I love to be in conversation with people. It's my passion, but I'm ready to sort of practice more. Like, what do I have to say? What do I think? And I share that so often on the show, but it's a lot to hold space, to navigate, to do many different things in conversation that it gets a little bit tiring after a while. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of ready to move out of that sort of way of being and into like a new phase Mm -hmm. of where I am. Mm -hmm. And do you, do you feel like your healing journey has catapulted Mm -hmm. some of that? Yes. I'm curious to hear some Mm -hmm. about your healing journey. And I mean, you're, you grew up in Ohio Mm -hmm. and then you always felt connected spiritually. Mm -hmm. And then you start a business that Mm -hmm. is very different from everything you've seen. Yes. And so walk me through some of the healing work that you Mm -hmm. value and what has really made a bigger impact Mm. in your life. Yeah. The healing work has been instrumental, you know, in my success, instrumental in my personal relationship, Mm -hmm. success, instrumental in my self-love. And I think as the past couple of years have happened, I recently was divorced. That was a huge catapult into my healing, especially in the space around me coming out of codependency, Mm -hmm. me really coming into my own Um, sovereign individuality and personality, someone that wasn't going to just use self-erasure as a way to to get love. Mm -hmm. Um, But internal family systems has been something that I deeply love, Mm -hmm. something that I'm um, now becoming IFS informed in. Mm -hmm. And what I really loved about that 
what I really love about IFS is that it's really unblending parts of us so that we can have greater self-love. Yeah. It's like, how can I look at the part of me that's incredibly controlling yeah. or the part of me that used self-erasure as a way of um, receiving love and learn to love that part that's instead right. of shaming, blaming, or trying to get rid of it. Yeah. Because each part of us is trying to serve us, yes. but it's doing mm -hmm. it unconsciously. It's yes. trying to help us get the love, safety, belonging in the world. Yes. And mm -hmm. if we become more conscious of, oh, thank you to that part of yes. me that just wanted to make sure I was okay. Even if it's yes. a critic, it's like, thank you for yes. trying. That's actually what transforms it, yes. which I love. That's a big part of what I do as well. Oh, and, yeah. And to embrace all parts of us yes. is the real medicine. Yeah, because self-sabotage is really a protective strategy. Yeah. You know, and I remember when I first started in healing, I think the thing that catapulted me into healing was my relationship with my body. Mm -hmm. You know, I had such a hard relationship with my body and my weight and the way that I looked. And I grew up in a household where it was like very specific how you were supposed to look. Mm. And so that was so painful for me and gave me so much anxiety that that was like my thing where I was like, I need to figure this out because I'm wasting so much energy and time on this body and on the, the loop thoughts around my body that I needed to figure it out. And when we think about IFS, all of the strategies and ways that I was binging or overeating or restricting mm -hmm. were all ways to protect myself because I had the belief that if I didn't, if I wasn't thin or if I didn't look a certain way, that I would not be loved. Yeah. So there's an aspect of me that's like, I have to do this in yeah. order to receive love. And when I could really get to know that part and be with that part and thank that part mm -hmm. for all the work it's done mm -hmm. and then also give it a break. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you've been doing a lot of protecting. Mm -hmm. You've been doing a lot of service to me to mm -hmm. save me from what you perceive to be something that's going to keep me from love, like you can actually take a break. We're going to have other parts step in and support me in like my healing journey. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mm -hmm. mean, that's that's the real work. That's yeah. becoming more conscious. And even to love the saboteur. Yeah. And even to love the judge, the critic, mm -hmm. all parts, because they're trying to help us. And so, you know, I, I think that the suffering has an intelligence to it. Oh, yeah. I think that Suffering's where we do all the learning. Uh-huh. It's mm -hmm. almost like there's, if we don't proactively, my take on it is mm -hmm. if we don't proactively do the work, life will show us where we're still stuck. Yep. And sometimes pain or suffering is the motivation mm -hmm. to create the change. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that you proactively do it, I think, you know, the healing work, the inner work that we do directly affects our outer world. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that everybody sees that or knows that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would say that. I think what happens in your, in your journey, and I'm curious if you feel like this is the same. For me, it was <clears throat> things had to be so painful for me to heal. And now it's more nuanced. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, ooh, small moment. I'm like, ooh, I... As an example, I'm I'm newly single, so I was on a trip. And I noticed that when men would come up to talk to me, yeah. I would freeze. Uh -huh. And so it was a small nuanced moment of being in touch with my body, being right. in touch with what's happening, being in touch with the present moment, noticing that I would freeze and yeah. being like, oh, what's that? Yeah. What's that part of me? You know, yeah. what's that part of me that gets a little nervous? Yeah. And so it goes from the bolder moments of, you know, having an eating disorder and maybe losing my job or whatever the things were yeah. to the small nuanced. And that's what's beautiful about healing. And I think healing can be really overwhelming once you get into it where you're like, oh my God, this never stops. Yeah. There's always something. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll be like, okay, God, I know that there's always something, but give me a break. Uh -huh. But when you can really have the tools and when you can leverage the tools to just have a little bit more finesse with it is yeah. when it gets really, really beautiful. When you can get curious with it, like, oh, what's that? Yeah. Where's that coming from? Like, yeah. what can we do with that? It gets really beautiful and fun. And then when you're in friendships and relationships mm -hmm. where you have people that 
are able to hold and be with the nuance and be with the healing and be with you in the process and also support you in your growth is the biggest thing because we can heal on our own. I think that's, you know, some of the deepest work is on in solitude and in silence and with ourselves or even with someone in therapy, but healing in relationship is so huge, you know, because that's really when you put all the tools to work. And so healing with Lindsay or healing with my partner, with my friends has also been incredible, Mm -hmm. Um, but only available when I became friends with conscious people, Mm -hmm. you know, like you. Yeah. Where it's safe. You know, I feel like you are truly, and I'm sure I'm not the, I know I'm not the only Mm -hmm. one, but you just make people feel safe in your presence. Mm -hmm. And I know that's the depth of work you've done on yourself. And it also was your coping strategy. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, but it's such a gift of yours. Mm -hmm. And I hear that you're, you turning that back onto yourself Mm -hmm. so that you can create that space inside yourself. And it's still one of your superpowers. Imagine having a fulfilling career, doing what you love, working from anywhere in the world, setting your own hours while making good money and a big impact. If that lights you up, then I'm super excited to share with you today's sponsor, the Institute for Coaching Mastery. This is my robust, accredited, year-long certification program for newer seasoned coaches, therapists, leaders, and those just looking to up-level their life in a profound way. We have an amazing community of students from all around the world who have really started their journey to expand with us both personally and professionally. And this experience is designed to give you the three things that you need to thrive. So first, you have all of the tools and support you need to move past what's been holding you back so that you can completely change the trajectory of your life. And then you learn how to masterfully and confidently facilitate transformation with your clients or your team, regardless of your niche. If you want to do health, business, relationship, or you just have no idea yet, we hold your hand through that. And then lastly, you'll receive my six figure and beyond signature roadmap that's customizable to meet you wherever you are. So whether you want to do high ticket sales, online marketing, or you just want to hit six figures without ever needing to go on social media, we've got you covered. And this truly is the most rewarding work in the world. We have new students now who have a wait list of dream clients in under a year. We also have seasoned students who are doing $80,000 months. And this is really about creating lasting transformation from the inside out so that you can share your gifts and serve the world in all the ways that you're called to. And I've seen firsthand the power of what happens when you have the community to collaborate with, but you also have the right tools and resources to really thrive. And so whether you want to do your own personal development, you're wanting to become a coach, or you're just looking for a cutting edge approach to really grow your business, the Institute for Coaching Mastery is for you you are held every single step of the way. And so if you want to get behind the scenes access to the Institute with three proven transformational tools for free to help you create the business and life you love, all you have to do is go to alissanobriga.com forward slash tools, or you can find us at alissanobriga.com forward slash apply now to see all the details and apply today. I remember, you know, you've talked about a few times about your divorce. Yeah. And you also shared that this was a time where as you're shifting these things inside Mm. of you, like the expression of was no longer being in, I imagine patterns or in that partnership because you've outgrown Mm -hmm. some of the things that were originally brought you guys together. We share a little bit about that. Yeah. So I was with my partner for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, We ended up getting married. It was a spiritual wedding. We didn't legally get married, but um, when we first met, we were so aligned. Um, And I had this experience recently where I was on a flight and I was looking at emails that we had written to each other in like 2013. Mm. And we were speaking the same language. We were saying the same things. We had the same interests. We were just like very much the same. 
and I thought he was going to be my person forever. And there was just a point in time in our journey and in our healing where I just sort of kept running and it felt like he sort of stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt like there was almost a regression, mm-hmm. you know, and it felt like there was more of an evolution or expansion. And when I say evolution or expansion, it kind of seems like I'm saying better or worse, but it was actually harder for me because that meant I had to go through deeper, deeper, deeper levels of my healing. Yeah. And when I really awoke to the parts of me that um, would self-abandon and the parts of me that were really accepting a relationship that was really good, but not great. Yeah. I realized that, you know, it was probably time for our relationship to dissolve and we're still friends and we love each other very much, but it was one of the hardest periods in time in my life, you know, turning myself inside out, like for probably a year, Mm. is this relationship hard because this growth is meant for me or is this hard because it's unaligned? And that's such a powerful question. Oh yeah. Every day I would be like, God, what is it? Yeah. Soul, what is it? Self, what is it? And, you know, I had a moment where one of my guides was super clear with me. We were in an argument and I was like crying on the side of my bed and I'd made the commitment at the end of our relationship, I was going to be super open hearted. I was going to stay in my heart. I was like, no matter what, I will stay in my heart. So that meant a lot of tears. Mm. And I was on the corner of my bed crying and my guide was like, "Um, you know, for the right person, you don't need to be perfect. You just need to be yourself. Wow. And I was like, you know, there was so long where I felt like I had to be perfect emotionally mm-hmm. in order to get the uh, the right response, mm-hmm. where I had to be calm, cool, collected, kind, warm, loving, tender, all the things. Mm-hmm. And the fiery rage and anger and frustration and just like the normal natural ebbs and flows of my emotions, especially as a Pisces, wasn't allowed or mm-hmm. wasn't permitted mm-hmm. because it would be met with the same equal response. Mm-hmm. And so when I realized that, I was like, you know what, like... I want someone that's going to be willing to go as deep with me as, as I am and to go to a place where we can fully commit. And I think we were kind of one foot in, one foot out at the end because we had yeah. such big fear. Yeah. Fear of? Fear of, I think, not fear. I think at that point there had been a lot of resentment built. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had unfortunately not had the best fighting styles together. And that's one of the things, you know, this more than I, but, um, we didn't fight well. Yeah. And that really continued to rupture over time. And so I really realized and now really know that your fighting styles and the way that you handle conflict is so deeply important Yeah, and so incredibly important in that it should bring you closer. You know, the rupture should bring you closer, but for us, it was, it was slowly bringing us further apart. I love that you had that insight because mm-hmm. as a couples therapist, I used to tell people, doesn't matter if you fight, it's do you grow closer yeah. together as a result? Mm-hmm. And I would tell people to consciously, when they're not triggered, when they're in their prefrontal cortex, they have all systems online, outline how do you want to navigate mm-hmm. rupture and argument? Mm-hmm. Because you can do it, you can map it out. Yeah. I want to do it with respect. I want to do it with care. And understanding each other's wounds helps hold for them and not take it personal. Like, Mm -hmm. I made you feel that way. I know that, you know, if I were your partner, I'd be like, I know that I'm triggering Mm -hmm. your need to please me so that Mm -hmm. you're okay. And then it'd be like, oh, I can hold that. You know, (laughs) conscious friendships are are here because we can do that for each other. I know before I met Emilio, my husband, I was practicing all these tools and things Mm -hmm. that I was discovering when I was becoming a therapist with my best friend Uh because we- Awesome. Can't wait for my Emilio, baby. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He's coming. Yes, he is. Because it was like, it was- 
okay, if I'm going to work through my own shadow work, I can do it with my friends. I can yeah. do it on my own. Mm -hmm. I think there's two schools of thought and I'm a yes and. So there's a school yeah. of thought of 100% personal responsibility and use the relationship to heal. I think inside and then out, but both important. Mm -hmm. If the rupture happened in a relationship, it can also heal in the mm -hmm. relationship, but not everybody's conscious. Oh my God. And so we can do that with yeah. our friendships as well mm -hmm. if we're not in relationship and to have that self-awareness and the the tools to navigate those. So I love that you are proud. Yeah. And I would that. say, and I'm curious if you agree, like for people listening, it, for me, it can be almost traumatic though, to practice some of the tools on someone that's not conscious. Oh yeah. You know, and I would, I would feel that sometimes where I'm like, I'm trying this thing or I'm, I'm expressing this thing. I'm talking about this way of being, um, and with someone that's unconscious, it's, it's just, yeah. I, I tend to do my inner work at that yeah. point. Oh, I never yeah. thought about it that way, but yeah, I'll do more personal responsibility work because yeah. it does. You don't actually need them to change for you to be yeah, okay, totally. and so why not do the do our own tools and work? Totally, and you know, I was, and I agree. And what I was doing in the end was so much self soothing and so much of that self where it was like just yeah. me, where I'm like I'm in a relationship with myself. Yeah, you know, I was like this is completely alone, and I'm sure he was doing his own self soothing and mm -hmm. his own mm -hmm. practice in his own way. So it's not like he's bad or I'm or I'm good, but I'm so grateful for Lindsay in my relationship. So Lindsay's my podcast co-host and best friend. And yeah. she's really been the playground for conscious relationship for me. And it's been really beautiful. You know, we can really be in that conscious relationship of like, Ooh, I'm really noticing that, you know, my insecure attachment is kind of like inflamed right now in our mm. relationship because I feel like you're not spending a lot of time at work. Yeah. And I feel like you're not really paying attention to the business or I feel like you're doing this thing and we can be really like putting the problem here. Beautiful. And then working through outside of yeah. ourselves and even talking as if we're like third person about ourselves. Yeah. Like I'm really noticing that I'm really doing this and this is the story I'm telling myself mm -hmm. about you and just practicing like, these beautiful tools has helped me move with conflict in a way where I actually really appreciate it and I love it and we're able to come closer together. So I'm so grateful for our relationship for just showing me what's possible in that because it was hard for me before, you know, yeah. to have conscious communication around conflict. I was someone that would either be really hot or I would com be completely submissive yeah, and just kind of submit to whatever anyone wanted. They'd be like, you said this. I'd be like, you're right. I fucking suck. I did like, I'm the worst or else I would wait till I sort of like Lost had it. a deep reaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's typical. Yeah. That's typical where don't set boundaries and then set harsh boundaries. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and I love that you have personal responsibility when you oh, were yeah. talking about with Lindsay or your, your co-founder, yeah. it's like, being able to understand, have enough self-awareness that we can speak it so that they can hold it in a really yeah. safe container and then take responsibility without putting blame. Yes. I think is personal responsibility, I think is the number one hack for relationships. Nobody S thinks- Say more. <laughs> it is the number, it's the foundation. The safety comes oh my from God. that, becoming self-aware and then not blaming. And it's not sexy, but it is powerful as fuck. The feeling in my body when someone's like, takes responsibility. Yeah. It's just, oh my yeah. God, I'm so safe. Yeah. And then I'm so encouraged to take my own responsibility. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. this is an encouraging anyone who's listening when you do practice. Well, it's might not happen in every relationship, but I've found that when I do take responsibility, the chances of someone else taking responsibility are so much greater. Yeah. People mirror us. They mirror, they feel soft, mm -hmm. they feel seen. And, and Lindsay and I always use you know, speak fully on us. Like I'm having this experience where I'm feeling like 
a little neglected or I'm feeling a little fearful or I'm feeling this thing or I have this part of me and that you we know that part and kind of even befriending where she knows the parts of me and I know the parts of her and we know what's going to activate us and working with that ebb and flow has been powerful because for a long time, female relationships were really challenging for me. Oh, wow. I had really healthy, for the most part, yeah. masculine relationships, um, but female relationships were hard. I would have never guessed I know. that from you. Tell I'm, me your, tell me something. I'm number one girlfriend of all time. Um, there was a lot of a lot of bullying. There was a lot of um, trauma around that when I was younger, yeah. physical, emotional, mental. And... I think mostly though, because of my mother, you know, because the relationship with my mother, it became really hard for me to trust women. Mm -hmm. I would get in relationships with women where we would be really enmeshed Mm -hmm. and I would lose all sense of self. Mm -hmm. I would be like the sidekick. I would be, you know, whatever, just kind of pedestalize women a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just never could really trust them. And whenever intimacy would get real, whenever there'd be a real chance of intimacy, things would get a little crunchy, things would get a little hard. Mm -hmm. There would never really be conflict management or resolution. Mm -hmm. Things would probably blow up or they'd dissolve. And I could never really get to the place where I felt fully safe, Mm -hmm. you know, with a lot Mm -hmm. of the women in my life, Mm -hmm. it would still be performative. I'd still be on my best behavior. How can I like be the best version of me and make them happy and do all the things. And Mm -hmm. it was really exhausting. And, um, I think it is really a challenge for a lot of women to feel safe in intimate relationships with women, because we've had so much sister wound and so much mother yes. wound that we need to work through. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I don't know how much you know about my story mm. in middle school, just being mm-hmm. bullied for a year and a half of, you know, coming from a school of 60 to 600 at mm. our class that size and being like not having a lot of friends and just yeah. my core and then going to this larger school, mm. getting into the in group and then being yeah. kicked out six months later wow. when a lot of the guys started liking me. Mm-hmm. And so this built a pattern inside me where I should, I wanted to hide, thinking yeah. hiding was safe, that I shouldn't, I thought that I was threatening people by being fully expressed and being myself. So I started to dim my, my vibrancy. And, you know, I think that that has been such a catalyst, mm-hmm. you know, those original moments in our lives, these imprints, these, these times can shape the rest of our life mm-hmm. if we don't do the work mm-hmm. and there's layers to it. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of my work even now is just to keep tuning into what's yeah. my authentic mm-hmm. truth and how do I give permission how do I give permission to people to have their full experience mm-hmm. of me without hiding or mm-hmm. control like conforming mm-hmm. to what I think that they want me mm-hmm. to be it's subtle like you're saying yes but it goes it goes deep and you're so good at that thank you you're so sovereign and you're so in yourself and you're so yeah, such a pleasure to be around because there's such a consistency in your energy. Mm. Like it's just fully, you know, from heaven to, to the core of the earth. Just, it's so, it's so safe and within yourself. It's really beautiful. I feel the same. Yeah. I feel, I can feel the depth of work you've done, Yeah, which, and I can feel how comfortable you are in your own skin that it makes it comfortable for me just to be around. I remember the first time we met, we went to this influencer (laughs) weekend and I sat next to you and I just said something and you were like, yeah. And you tapped my knee and I was like, oh, she likes me. And I could just hear the sweet little one. I was like, oh yeah, she likes you. You know, what's interesting is sometimes I will Sometimes I will have projected on me like girl from high school mm-hmm. a lot where I'm yeah. like, ooh, I'll, I'll, I'll like meet a woman and yeah. I'm like, and I can psychically attune to her. I'm like, fuck, you're projecting your high school girl yeah. to me yeah. just because I'm tall and blonde, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, and I can be really outgoing and extroverted. I'm like, oh no, 
I'm your high school bully. <laughs> like I'm that girl. I'm that mean girl from high school. I'm like, but you're we the just gotta work with it. Yeah, there we go. And you're then the I'm extra. Experience. Literally, I'm yeah. like, I love you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, you make so it so clear. It's yeah. so safe to be with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we can have that yep. and heal those original imprints. Yes. As long as we're conscious of it. Completely. And that's like being in relationship with you or any conscious friend. It's like having that really beautiful experience of being able to be honest, like, oh, I noticed something in my body. Like I kind of closed up yeah. when we talked about this or, you know, you said that thing and, and I kind of thought about it and it made me feel this way. Like, how do you mm -hmm. feel about it? And mm -hmm. just, it's just, it becomes fun. Mm -hmm. You're like, wow, that's so fun that you said that, or that's so interesting. And when there are times where I get triggered or where there are times in my female relationships, just really being with my own work first. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times, you know, I've been in relationships with women where they're like, I'm just being honest. Yeah. And their honesty is really just, um, toxic, toxic. Yeah. It's actually not the truth because the truth is always love. And the truth mm -hmm. is always, you know, either pain or hurt. The truth isn't really anger. You know, yeah. there's always things below anger. So I would be in relationships with women that would be like, you know, I'm just being honest about whatever. And it'd be really unprocessed. It'd mm -hmm. be really toxic mm -hmm. and it'd be really painful. Um, so now being in a space where it's like, if I find myself triggered, I can really move through that trigger and come to a place of like true honesty, which is usually hurt or which is usually like, oh, something's coming up for me that I can work on through myself or I can work on in the relationship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But again, I guess I'm curious, you know, what you think about it. So for people that want to practice this and that may not have conscious friendships or relationships. I'm like, you're such a good host. <laughs> but I do want to know from you because yeah. what would you say? Yeah. I mean, for me, a hundred percent personal responsibility is the foundation. So mm -hmm. if I get triggered, I'm going to always first look inside of me. Yeah. What's getting activated? Where was the original imprint? And how do I tend to that part of me? Because my philosophy and way of living is if I try to manipulate and change you to be different, maybe I solve yeah. it once but there's the pattern that somebody else is going to represent in my life. And so how do I look yeah. inside me to, to heal that or to resolve that so I don't keep projecting it onto family members, kids, mm -hmm. employees, anywhere else, clients. And so I'll always do my work to get curious, mm -hmm. to bring inquiry. And some of my, my methodology is around questioning my beliefs, mm -hmm. integrating the energy in my body. Mm -hmm. So also breathing into it, allowing it, or emotionally meeting that part of me, mm -hmm. bringing it into my heart, rather than trying to only get it from outside. Mm -hmm. So first inside. So if I got hurt, I'll look at that. I'll really question it. I'll embrace the part that wants mm -hmm. somebody to like me or whatever it may be. And then if it feels appropriate, if I feel safe enough in the relationship, yeah. if there's that trust built, then I'll also work it out mm -hmm. with people. But if I don't have that mm -hmm. and I don't have one person, I'm going to, I'm going to find a community mm -hmm. to support me in that way, mm -hmm. or I'm going to read books and listen to podcasts mm -hmm. and know that it's possible. But I do think what you were speaking about earlier, community is everything, mm -hmm. having that and at least just one conscious friend to do the work mm -hmm. with if it's not a partner, you know, mm -hmm. and we don't need it, but it's such a gift. Mm -hmm. And I do think, you know, what I also got clear about in the past two years is the level of access and intimacy that people have to mm -hmm. me and sort of being a lot more clear and a lot more discerning about that. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I think about conscious work and, and intimacy mm -hmm. and vulnerability and relationship, I'm actually very clear about who has intimate access to me. Yeah. And not every one of my friendships is the same. Yeah. You know, we are different with some friends. We have more fun with some friends. We are get deep with some friends. There's just different types of, um, of a concoction that can be created with two energies. So I used to be kind of approaching every friendship the same, like 
oh, maybe you could be someone that's my best friend or you could be super close to me. And now I'm just a little bit more like, how does this relationship make me feel? Where are we at right now? Does it feel like this is something I can move forward with? Maybe a conflict resolution conversation would Mm -hmm. lead me to have more trust Mm -hmm. and then more trust would lead me to share more and be more of myself. Mm -hmm. And so now having sort of just very a lot of clarity on my inner circle and a lot of clarity of the people that are worth the crunchy conversations Mm -hmm. is really helpful Mm -hmm. because- things will come up in most relationships and some friends are just, you love them dearly, but it's just the way they are. Yeah, You know, you just got to love them yeah. as they are. It's like, that's oh, they're right. just always going to kind of be that way. That's, that's who she is. And yeah. it might not be worth a conversation. It might not be worth the connection where you're spending a lot of time processing, yeah. but there are relationships that really deserve that sort of conversation because that's trust. Yeah. You know, especially when you're psychic, intuitive beings like we are, it's it's very hard to get stuff by us, especially mm-hmm. energetically. Yeah, it's like I felt that shit. Oh my from god, you. dude! <laughs> I was on a trip recently with with some women, and they're very, very psychic. And it was I I told my angels, I was like, no more. Yeah. I was like, they are not having access to my mind uh. because we'd be walking, and, and I'd be like thinking about. Ohio or something happening in Ohio. And they'd be like, how's Ohio? I'm like, stop. <laughs> and I'm like, stop that. Like, yeah, or, or like I would turn a little bit and they would be like, what's up? And yeah. I'd be like, no, no. Yeah. No, no. Uh, yeah. I had somebody that worked with me that, that was the same way. And I was like, oh, I need a little bit of a boundary, yeah. a, a buffer so yeah. that I can share what is appropriate to share. So I'm curious to hear how that works in your relationship with yep. business with Lindsay. Mm. And if there's a story or an example of something mm-hmm. that you guys moved through mm-hmm. that helped you actually have the resolution, have the connection mm. through whatever the tiff was or the, yeah. the challenge. Yeah, we've gone through so many different um, parts of our journey. But what I will say is that although we've had conflict and we've disagreed and you know we have our own opinions and perspectives, we very much approach our relationship with love. Yeah. We've never fought in a way where we raised our voices. We've never called names. We've always just come with a deep love and reverence. And at the beginning of our relationship, we were very much in this dynamic where I was super controlling. Um, I was working a full-time job. She was working a full-time job. We were building the business. We were doing all the things. I'm a generator, mm-hmm. so I have lots of energy. We were on a world tour. We were. I had this dream. I was like, this is my purpose. And when my soul got the feeling of like, oh my God, this is it, it was really hard for me to turn it off. So yeah. I was just very, very controlling. And I also was very avoidant with her. Mm-hmm. She was very anxious. I was. She was projecting her dad onto me. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of in a different phase. And so it was really crunchy. It was really psychically uncomfortable. There was a lot of her trying to appease me and me not, she's not appeasing me. Yeah. Me, al- me almost being my mother, me yeah. being very critical. Yeah. So we had to work through that in the first couple of years and we weren't as conscious then. So we were doing our own work in therapy and that's when we first started to have conversations about how we were feeling. We were so grateful to have amazing people on the podcast like, like you when you come on that got to work us through that. And then the next couple phases were her stepping into her relationship and her mm-hmm. stepping into motherhood and moving. Mm-hmm. And so that was really hard for me because she was my person. And mm-hmm. I realized that she had been my emotional support. She had been almost my husband in a way yeah, because I wasn't really getting that in my relationship. So um, there was a case where she had moved you know, to Brooklyn to be with her partner. And I just felt like completely, completely neglected. Yeah. and abandoned. Yeah. And you know, there was that part of me. I remember one time I was sitting in the garage of our building and she sent me a voice note and she's like, Hey, I don't really want to come back to LA to record right now. I'm just really in my groove. I'm really in my flow. And I was like, Oh my God, just yeah. heartbroken. I was like, Oh my God, she's leaving me. She doesn't care about the business. She doesn't care about me. Like, mm. what does this mean for us? And 
our relationship is so deep and cosmic and meaningful and past mm-hmm. lifetimey that it's very cellular with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just feels so like heartbreaking, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, oh, bum, such a bummer. So I could be with her and be like, you know, I'm feeling like incredibly anxious about our relationship. She's like, I'm feeling incredibly avoidant. And we were just mm-hmm. kind of in this perfect dance where mm-hmm. we could heal her wanting to actually individuate. Yeah. Because we had been so codependent. Yeah. You know, we had been in this relationship where we're building a business together. We are on tour together. We're spending so much time together. Our dreams are the same. It's it's just very a lot. Yeah. A lot of us together. And so she had in her move and in her new partnership and, you know, now soon into new motherhood is, was really individuating. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't okay with it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for it. I was like, oh no, I want us to be us mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And so I had to really just like unblend myself from her, unmesh myself from her and really establish deeper connections in my relationships here yeah. that could really support me and give me more stability that I had been really leaning on her for. Mm-hmm. Also doing a lot of work in therapy Good for you. and really a lot of psychic work. Um, you know, there was some to get kind of out there there was some contracts that we had made in past lifetimes that I had seen and that some of the people I'd worked with had seen that I had to clear Mm -hmm. and then I had to cancel and that I had to really remove myself from so that I could feel a lot more free and a lot Mm -hmm. more. um, And so she could feel more free to step into her new phase of her life. You know, I hear that it was, that was uncomfortable, but because you guys were going to therapy, you were doing your own work. It helped you navigate what was actually for both of your highest Mm -hmm. good to individuate, to find your own, and so what, is there any advice or mm-hmm. words of wisdom you would give yeah. to people that want to work with somebody that they, or even mm-hmm. just any co-founders, even if it's not a friend? Yeah. Um, what I would say is that um, one of the practices Lindsay and I like to do is called a clearing conversation. And yeah. in a clearing conversation, it is very eye focused, but we like to have them walking We like Ah. to be on the move when we're together. Mm -hmm. And so we can be, it's really nice to be, there's something that's happening too with your brain where you're walking side by side with someone. Mm -hmm. So you're like, we are on the same path. We are on the same road. We are on the way together. And we like to be outside in nature Mm -hmm. so that we have a lot of space around us. There is the sky, there is maybe the ocean, there's the grass. So we're surrounded by something that feels really calming and nurturing. It's not a busy city if we can. And then we're also not making eye contact the whole time. Mm-hmm. So there's something that can happen that could be challenging if you're saying truth yeah. to people if you're making deep eye contact. Mm-hmm. So not having eye contact in that way has been really supportive of our hard conversations. Um, but what I will say is that um, there is a real depth and beauty that you can have within relationship. But then also knowing, I think women a lot of times will think that they have, when they find something that they love, that they have to do it forever. And sometimes within partnerships or relationships, it might just be time to move on or evolve beyond what your partnership container has for you. So being okay with that as well and being okay with the medicine that it brought you for the time, but being in partnership and especially a female partnership in business is really challenging. It's Mm -hmm. really something that you have to be in your own therapy work for and you have to take the relationship almost as seriously as a marriage because you have money mixed together, you have your dreams mixed together, Mm -hmm. you have your future mixed together, you have so much that is so deeply important that it should be almost as important as your marriage because it's impacting that much of your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I my... I'm biased, obviously, mm-hmm. as a former licensed psychotherapist. I think that most people think about going to therapy as something was wrong. I remember I was on oh my, my honeymoon. I'm toasting on an island, you champagne. I'm about to kiss Emilio. We're like celebrating. They're like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a therapist. And this man pulls me oh, to no. the side. He's like, oh, I have this issue with my daughter. And I'm like, 
for one, not appropriate. Like I'm on my honeymoon. For two, this is how we're looking at therapy through a cultural lens that something's wrong versus totally. This is a this is the people that are going to therapy are the ones that are living their most vibrant, healthy, mm-hmm. alive lives. Mm-hmm. Like they're proactively doing it. Yes. Co- coaching or heal any type of healing mm-hmm. work, self awareness work. Yes. Just supports us in living more open hearted, open minded. So I want to help shift that narrative. Yes. Because just like you're saying with your business partner, mm-hmm. going to therapy, doing your own work yes. is what helps you. Everything. S- everything. Everything. So does it with in marriage. Yes. So does it, like Emilio and I would do therapy. I mean, we've been together 14 years now. We've probably mm-hmm. gone at least once a month, maybe mm-hmm. twice a month consistently as a proactive conversation. Yep. So those clearing conversations happen because we don't get distracted by the kids, yes. but we can actually not push things under the rug and have more intimacy and more connection. And yeah. it just, life just gets so much easier. And it can be joyful too. You can be like, you know, sometimes with my therapist, she's like, whoa, how about that? Like, yeah. you know, oftentimes I think people forget to celebrate yeah. and they forget to pull up. You know, we're always like, once you reach one goal, most of the people probably listening already are on the next goal. Yeah, you that's, know, they, that's called a nourishment barrier. There you go. So if they are not taking time to celebrate, it's like the seasons, you just yes. jump to the next thing and then you're gonna get burnt out. But when mm-hmm. you take a moment to stop, to feel the nourishment, to feel the sunshine, yes. the celebration, you feel fulfilled mm-hmm. and then you have the natural cycle to keep going. That's where the hungry ghost comes. Yes. Where we're not stopping to just take in the nourishment. Yes, which is huge. Yeah. And so your therapist could also help you with that. And I found even the times where I don't have anything to talk about are sometimes the most powerful. Yeah. Like the other day I was talking about, I went to this psychotherapy, this group psychotherapy retreat okay. called Onsite in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And somehow we got talking about this thing. And I was literally after 20 minutes, I was like, why are we, ta-? but it always all connects and it yeah. always is all meaningful. And it's always, it's there in your yeah. mind, just kind of waiting for the invitation. And my therapist has also been so important um, because she's helped me trust people. Mm. You know, I had trust issues with people for mm-hmm. sure. I was mm-hmm. someone that <clears throat> didn't trust people. I'm because I'm so energetically attuned. If I'm talking to someone mm-hmm. and you're so amazing at this, it's so healing. If they would kind of check out or not pay attention, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they don't care. I'm going to start asking them questions. Yeah. So I didn't trust people to hold me to be paying attention. Mm-hmm. I didn't trust myself to be interesting enough to be able to hold someone's attention. Mm-hmm. So she's helped me trust people in a way that like has been incredible for me Beautiful. and has been incredibly helpful for me. Yeah. I think a really good friend, a really good coach or a really good therapist yeah. can be a healing relationship, yeah. like using relationships for vehicles for our healing and awakening. Yes. Both and. Everything. Yeah. I mean, my healing has been the deepest in my relationships. Mm-hmm. It shows me the most of myself. It's just, it is a slingshot into your deepest growth. Yeah. You know, I realized at the end of my um, my marriage, one thing that I really, really realized was like, I was only loving him if he would be something other than he was. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I will love you if you do this, if you say this, if you are this person. Mm-hmm. And that's not love. Is is that somewhat what it sounds like what you learned as a kid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, so yeah. there's that imprint. Yes. And so if we don't do the work proactively, mm-hmm. we just unconsciously follow in the past generation's yep. footsteps and then it goes further back. Yep. And so having the time to just wake up out of the, yeah. the paradigm that we didn't even know we were in oh supports us in shifting mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And that's so many people are in. So, I mean, we, I'm it's still in paradigms. Yeah. I don't even know about. Exactly. I can't wait. You know yeah. what I mean? I can't wait to figure those out. Like I know. we're it, in these like little, these little prison cells. I remember in the law of one, which is a text I really love. Yeah. Um, it's a channeled text and they were asking Ra, the channeled entity, um, 
about us being, they were asking us about freedom. They were asking Ra about freedom. And Ra's like, you are slaves in so many ways you don't even know. Mm -hmm. He's like, I could not even begin to explain to you the ways in which you all are, are enslaved. Mm -hmm. And I think about that because it's like, once we think we're free, there's, there's still so many more levels of our freedom that are available and possible. And it's the same with healing. It's so subtle. I know in my meditation teacher, Adi Ashanti, he mm -hmm. has, he's my favorite meditation teacher. So he'll start talking to you and just not just mm -hmm. taking the mind off of its habitual thinking. Mm -hmm. And then he'll start going to silence. And at one point he'll drop in later in the meditation, who's meditating. And then you just pop out of the identity of thinking, I am this body. I am this mind. I am this whomever in that moment. Wow. And so I, you know, having people that have wow. gone further mm -hmm. to just even that moment of taking myself to be Alyssa, this, mm -hmm. this body, this mind, mm -hmm. whatever, and it can come in and out in any moment, mm -hmm. but it's just an appearing, it's just mm -hmm. a happening. And so the, I, I'm just always so fascinated about watching other people, mm -hmm. hearing their insights. Mm -hmm. I think having a mentor, having somebody mm -hmm. that is safe, that has gone further, that mm -hmm. can help us pop out of those paradigms that we don't even know we're mm -hmm. imprisoned by mm -hmm. is everything. Mm -hmm. My, a friend of mine who's a spiritual teacher, his name's Locke Kelly. Mm -hmm. I love frames. I think they're so helpful. Mm -hmm. He talks about waking up, mm -hmm. waking down and waking out. Mm -hmm. So waking up out of identification, I'm not mm -hmm. this body mind. Mm -hmm waking back down in mm -hmm. embodiment. I have a body mm -hmm. mind. I'm not just this body mind mm -hmm. and then waking out, mm -hmm. which is how does this live consciously in mm -hmm. the world? And so some of these frames mm -hmm. can help leave, even if it's a seed, whether it be a pop now, but mm -hmm. out of identity, out of mm -hmm. misunderstandings so that we can live more free, live mm -hmm. more authentically expressed. Mm -hmm. Cause you never know what's going to awaken someone. Yeah, It's so wild when I think about in my life, you know, the things that someone has said to me that have, you know, been a part of my awakening process, it's happened in such small, mm -hmm. weird, random things. You know, I'll never forget I was really young and um, one of my best friends at the time was, his name was Brandon and there was another girl in our grade who was talking about Brandon. She was saying bad things. She's like, you know, Brandon's changed so much and Brandon's like, I've known her for 10 years. What does she think I'm going to do? And I just was like, oh yeah, we're supposed to change. And it was so small, mm -hmm. like, but I was like, oh yeah, we're meant to change. Mm -hmm. And another time I had a friend where I was kind of in my loop. I was in my unconscious conversation about my body. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I need to lose five pounds and all that thing. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, you've been saying that since I met you. No matter your weight, you've been saying that. Oh, wow. And I was like, and it was just, it woke me up. Yeah. You know, I was like, whoa. And yeah. it was just like such a beautiful mirror for me and yeah. like awakening that they probably don't even remember or know. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so knowing that we're in relationship with people that we can be providing them that awakening moment and really not even know it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's nice to have those mirrors. The so that's still safe enough to even give that kind of feedback. Yes. yes. Yeah. I, I think relationships are a vehicle for this work. Everything. 100%. I feel quite clear in relationships, maybe because I focus so much on oh, it. Yeah. But where I, where my, where mm. the rubber hits the road for me is around business. Mm. And so it doesn't matter if it's health or if it's mm -hmm. like, as long as I, my bias is as long as we use one area of our life to mm -hmm. see where I'm getting stuck, where I'm getting mm. attached. And in my reflection, anytime there's myself involved, mm. I struggle with, there's an identity, an egoic, uh, construct mm. that's wanting to get something from the physical world, mm -hmm. they're suffering. Mm -hmm. So I think because my journey with love was a lot about 
being the one I was waiting for, mm-hmm. really embodying that. I was no mm-hmm. longer looking for it outside. Mm-hmm. Then all of the struggles dropped. Mm-hmm. I woke up to, I am the love that I'm looking mm-hmm. for. It's not in another. Mm-hmm. It is the nature of existence. Mm-hmm. Now calming that same insight through mm-hmm. business of like not looking for business to give me something, mm-hmm. but to really have it awaken what's already here Mm -hmm. because so many of us can get into these unconscious loops i know money can be a big one um sexuality Mm -hmm. anything that we don't talk about can have so much shadow work within it Mm -hmm. and so again using these triggers Mm -hmm. to look deeper into who do i think i am what are the limitations Mm -hmm. i've put on myself or my life Mm -hmm. and then how do i use that that's contracting me to free me Mm I mean, if you figure out, so if business is what rubber meets the road for you and you figure it out, you're going to like fly away. (laughs) You're going to (laughs) dissolve because that is like, you have it all down. But I'm curious what parts of business feel like, what, what, for me specifically, it's, I I love. Because you're very successful. I I love creation. I love serving. I love coaching. I, what has been an initiation for me is team managing, Mm -hmm. hiring Mm -hmm. systems. That is not what I love. Mm -hmm. And so and I can't do it all. Mm-hmm. And so some of my work has has come up, my personal development. Actually, I brought in a coach who I had my entire team work with. Mm-hmm. And I led the way with my own vulnerability, sharing what my trigger was it at, the, mm-hmm. at, jo- at my job. So sharing that if I don't feel like they've got it, I will look and double check if they've got oh, it. What do you mean? And then not build that trust with mm-hmm. them because I have a high bar of excellence. And so looking at that pattern, Mm -hmm. if I don't trust that they've got it, then I need to do it to make sure I, Mm -hmm. in the first year of growing very quickly, my certification program, Mm -hmm. I bent over backwards to make sure that my students never felt it. And I Mm -hmm. shared with them at the end of the year, they had no idea Mm -hmm. the the level of bending over that I was doing Mm -hmm. as we were growing fast. Mm -hmm. It's much more stable and dialed Mm -hmm. in now with systems and things. But I, my, my, you know, it will reflect, in every part of mm-hmm. our life. So my wounds were showing mm-hmm. up there mm-hmm. and, you know, I couldn't manage, you know, I couldn't, I didn't even have the time to slow down to do the work. And so because I wanted to make sure that everything was taken mm-hmm. care of and I got some time afterwards to really look at it and to have a conversation. I know as a former couples therapist, I would have each couple share, what are your wounds? Where did mm-hmm. they come from? So we have more of that self-awareness And I thought, why not do that in my company so that we can understand if I offer somebody feedback in a public Slack Mm -hmm. channel and it triggers their sense of, Mm -hmm. oh, I did something wrong and I'm being told I'm wrong or whatever their narrative is, then I want to know how to hold better space so that we can create a healing environment as an organization. Mm -hmm. Now, it's like that's the ideal. And then, you know we work through it. But Mm -hmm. even just bringing in my coach for me to lead with, Mm -hmm. here's my vulnerability. And he's reading our energy and sharing Mm -hmm. different energetic blocks that he's Mm -hmm. seeing. And I made sure that they all opted into Mm -hmm. it. But this feels like conscious business. Mm -hmm. This is leading towards how do we use a a culture to support our healing while making a bigger impact in the world, but starting with ourselves, Mm -hmm. doing our own work, having that as a team. I'm still learning that as a team, you know, Mm -hmm. having about 40 people right now. It's a, yeah. it's a bigger thing than I've ever done. I've not worked mm-hmm. in a corporation before. I just started my own. And so mm-hmm. it's huge. It's a, it's, and, and there are people that mm-hmm. love that. So mm-hmm. I'm calling in my ideal mm-hmm. right hand that can really just mm-hmm. pour love into the team and I like, create efficient systems mm-hmm. and loves those things so that mm-hmm. I can feel that partnership mm-hmm. and also share my gifts on the front end more than the back end. Mm-hmm. 
and not one better than the other. But I think, yeah, that's how I'm, that's how I'm navigating it. And that's one of the wounds that comes up of like, I'll do it Mm -hmm. if you won't, I've got it. Mm -hmm. And then spreading myself thin and then not, and wanting to make sure that I can create the trust Mm -hmm. that people will do what they're going to say they're going to do and that I am supported. And so at one point I genuinely thought that it was about an outside problem. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. I don't have the person yet. I don't have the team. Mm -hmm. And then I really got to look at, no, every single thing in life is an inside job. It's Mm -hmm. all a reflection of the inner world. Mm -hmm. And so as I've been looking at what constructs inside me need to be shifted, then I can more easily receive the support that has been there that I wasn't able to receive. Mm. People trying to support me, Mm -hmm. you know, and we'll always have some way that life reflects it. But that's where mine has been. I was talking to Sam Skelly. Yeah. We were talking about that, how we'll have that experience on the team where, you know, someone will do something, they'll, will fall short, it'll be a mistake or an Mm -hmm. error. And then we're like, where are all the errors? Yeah. And then we'll just be on hypervigilance of like, I'll look, scan the website. I'm like, oh, links aren't working. (laughs) This email spelled, you know, I'm just like, Uh I will like that used to, I don't do it as much anymore, but that used to be my thing. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, unsafe. Yes. This is reflecting poorly on me. Yes. Unsafe. You are not living up to my expectations. How can I find more of that to like build up my case and further confirm that I'm unsafe to be held by people and that I can't trust anybody. Yeah. And so that was a lot of my work too, is really not, you know, I don't think I was completely relate, but it is really hard to be held as like a business owner Mm -hmm. and trust as Mm -hmm. like a business owner, because you have a vision and you have like clarity of like what you want to do. And there are people that really want to support you in business, but within almost 30, one thing that I really love is the way that we interact is, um, is just so respectful and mm-hmm. so honoring mm-hmm. and so clear mm-hmm. on boundaries, on communication. We are people that have really clear feedback, um, really clear and honest feedback, and we make sure that people are really okay with that. Yeah. And we had to work through the team, the feeling of when I'm giving you clear feedback, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Yeah, I love or, you. Yeah. It means that we need to figure out this thing with work. So it's actually been something where I've had to use a lot of my skills that I've received in therapy or coaching mm-hmm. or whatever it is with my team to support them mm-hmm. because what I'm going to teach and coach them around their worth is not related to their work. Yeah. Who you are is not what you do. Oh my God. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. Cause I remember I used to feel that too with my work mm-hmm. and it's such a heartbreaking experience, mm-hmm. but if someone's not doing their work automatically, if my work's bad, they're going to go into I'm bad. That's right. You're now. And what would happen yeah. in the first years of our businesses, people were projecting mom onto me. Uh-huh. Any authority is yep. going to happen in the workplace. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I was mom and yeah. I was, um, yeah, any authority. And that was working through that feeling of like being confused with how heartbroken people on the team would get Yeah. when I would give them feedback or yeah. when it would not be positive and just kind of having to work with and pull myself out of that dynamic and really work with like a new energy has been incredibly powerful. But there is like a great... Um, job that we have as conscious business owners to be leading business Mm -hmm. more from that space, Mm -hmm. more from that space, more from that self-responsible place. But it's, it's such a beautiful thing because working in an unconscious business space for so long was really painful. Yeah. Really painful. Yeah. I've had people come on my team and be like, wow, this is healing just being in this environment. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I've not been in corporate Mm -hmm. America and so I don't have a reference point, Mm -hmm. but we get to do it different. And Mm -hmm. it, and I think taking feedback is an art. And just oh, being yeah. upfront oh and honest mm-hmm. and also giving them tools. I mean, we both run personal development companies. Mm-hmm. And so being able to share, we'll do 
you know, I want to teach them different tools that I found helpful. Not only does it support them personally, but then it can also support our performance, mm -hmm. right? So I'm curious, how, how do you see the connection with healing mm -hmm. and human potential? You're mm -hmm. doing your healing work and how that supports greater impact and creativity and expression. Mm -hmm. And so when you say impact, it's so interesting because what comes up for me is like a lot of my healing is actually kind of letting go of the belief that I have to make impact. Mm. And kind of like, cause I had sort of an attachment to impact in the ego uh -huh. where I was like, oh, I've got to make an impact and I've got to, you know, do these things. <laughs> like there was the part of me that's like, I got to change lives and I got to do all these yeah. things. And now I'm sort of in a phase and it might change where I'm sort of pulling out of that. And Good. I'm really just kind of trying to be as much of myself as I can and in much in service to my creator and in service to my mission and really just kind of keeping that focused on the self yeah, and in places where it feels really good. So human potential and healing are so deeply integrated, but I think there was a point in my healing journey where it was like healing meant more potential for me. Mm -hmm. And it really did. Mm -hmm. It was so beautiful and powerful, but now it's sort of like healing means more self-love yeah. in a true way. Because when we talk about self-love in the previous in my previous life, I'd be like, self-love, be like, yeah, sure. And I wouldn't understand it. Yeah. But when you cellularly understand self-love and you really are at a place where it's like, oh, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's not about achievement. It's mm -hmm. not about success. It's about being as clear on my mission and being as clear with myself every day and every moment that I'm, what I'm doing is um, aligned and on purpose. It's It's really about that. So I try and remove myself from like thinking about impact yeah. as much as possible and really just focused on like, what could I do today? What feels good for me today? Mm -hmm. What is like the most aligned decision that I can make? And mm -hmm. how can I stay in integrity with myself? And that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's not like I need to help mm -hmm. others. Yes. It's like, how do I really serve myself? Yep. As a result of you serving yourself, it naturally impacts others. Because yep. when we receive something, we want to share it. But it's not coming from, you know, for a while I had to really get that I was part of the nourishment. Like mm -hmm. rather than just giving, it's like, oh, how do I fully receive this within my own life mm -hmm. and, and feel it fully integrated in myself so that then I can share, but not a have to share. It just yes. is like the heart wants out. It wants yes. to express. But yeah, that's such it's an huge. important piece, especially for service providers yep. that want to help twos in the Enneagram, just people that are just trying to share and and support but from an unhealthy place oh my it gosh. matters where we're coming from when we coach people and when i work with people i'm always so like attuned to that mm -hmm. because i'll hear so many women that have such deep desire to be in service mm -hmm. you know i remember working in the corporate world and wanting to be in a space of like i want to feel like my life matters you know yeah. i want to feel like i'm here for a reason and people will come in they're like i want to do this podcast or i want to create this business because i want to help women yeah. i want to empower women mm -hmm. i want to help women blah 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 and i'm always like i always kind of pull it back and i'm like first of all you need to be doing this for you That's like right. 100% for you not only for the sustainability mm -hmm. of your energy mm -hmm. because if you're doing it for someone else and they stop giving you the feedback that you're helping them be empowered, yeah. you're going to stop. Yeah. So you need to be doing it fully for like, I actually want to feel really empowered in doing what I do, or I feel really called, or I feel really good, feels really good in my body to create a podcast or whatever it is. And so I actually am always like, your business and your service should the most serve mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. from the very most mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it should be in the, and when we're serving ourselves in a true way, because we could serve ourselves in an untrue way and people could be like, oh, what about business owners and billionaires that are in service to self? Yeah. It's detrimental in the end to them. Yeah. You know, they're actually probably the least happy people yeah. in the world. Yeah. Um, so I always focus on my own service rather than 
other people because that's going to be the most sustainable and that's going to be the most impactful. And I can't really do it any other way. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to sustain with that. I mean, that's conscious to me because I, I find a lot of people, they want to help others because they're essentially trying to help that part of themselves. Oh, what do you mean? And so as they help that part of themselves, then they either Mm -hmm. no longer want that niche or it just comes from this more conscious place that you're speaking of. You can see that in our, in the social media content creator world. I remember seeing that with dietitians or not dietitians, but like people in the health coaching space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As you know, you really need. In every niche. It happens in In every every niche. niche. If you're unconscious. If you're unconscious. It's like, I want to help them, but it's really, okay, well, let's start with you. That's why I designed the whole certification program to start with yourself so that then you can be of greater impact from a clear place, from a really clean I'm place. I'm always really oh, kind of trepidatious yeah. of people that are like, I want to help people do this. I'm like, why? Yeah, what are you doing about it? Yeah. You know, like, what exactly. are you doing about that? Because exactly. there's so much work that we can do on ourselves. So I think being mindful of yeah. that is like. 100%. I mean, if you know, we're really going to be using our life's energy to yes. serve others, we've got to walk the talk. We've yep. got to go through our own work, which doesn't end. And I think you know, I talk about this, but like the, the shadow of therapy is that we're always healing. Yes. And the shadow of coaching is that we're always becoming. Mm. And yet the foundation from both of them should be presence mm. so that we really come from at a place of being and becoming. Yes. And yes. our humanity is healing and our essence is always perfectly whole. Yeah. I was noticing that I wrote something about like spiritual narcissism. Yeah. And kind of the becoming thing. Yeah. And I was noticing that there was, you know, I think the conversation around narcissism is really relevant in the collective, but I was really noticing this trend in the spiritual space where it's like, oh yeah, that version of me has died. Mm-hmm. I'm a different person than I was yesterday. And oh yeah, that was the old me or I've changed. I'm moving so fast. I'm evolving. All of that is true. Yeah. And there's a part of us that's sort of running and sort of like always kind of shaming the older aspects of ourself yeah. and trying to separate and move from the aspect of ourself that we're now deeming as inadequate. Yeah. And we're feeling like we're superior even than the previous version of mm-hmm. self. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like I was like, why is everyone saying that they died today, died yesterday, they're different today? I'm like, there's such an ungrounded component to that yeah. that I want to be present for and mindful of, still honoring that I change and grow quite a bit, yeah. but not really getting so attached to the story of like, I'm different. I'm changing. I'm, you know, it's like, yeah. I, I don't really know. Yeah. I don't really know. And I think that's actually the most true place yeah. in the unknown. Yes. Yeah. And I know that you and I have a similar foundation of accepting all of it to mm-hmm. bring those parts that even if it was an older version mm-hmm. to be like, oh, and that was the best it knew how to support me yes. at the time. So it comes with love and mm-hmm. compassion. And ironically, that's how we transform and grow. Yeah. But the the conversation of I don't know, like yeah. that's the truest, deepest oh, yeah. in the space of silence. Because I don't want to be, and what I've done recently to love all versions of myself, I had my mom send me a picture from every year of my life. Oh, wow. So I have in my room, I have this like little collage of Krista oh. and the pictures are hilarious. I had an eye patch year. I had braces year I had like you know we had mm-hmm. all the things I had lice one year so I had to get really short hair as a whole thing but I just can be with all versions of myself and just like love and and love honor and accept but yeah. also see what comes up yeah you know I could even notice with sometimes where I'm judging I'm mm-hmm. like oh girl we were what was that haircut yeah what was that shirt the current version or when you were younger you younger were judger. yeah younger yeah because you know there's a part of me that's just I'm like oh yeah this is the best best there is in my current version yeah um but as a practice for people just like having that 
visual reference can yes. sometimes be really helpful to not only see what comes up, yeah. to see what the thought is, being mindful of the thought, but to like work with the energy of like, oh, why am I in judgment of that part of me? Mm-hmm. Why am I in judgment mm-hmm. of my, that self? Why do I have shame around that self? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a memory that comes up so that we can have that deeper self-love and acceptance. Yeah, really bringing those versions of you into your heart yes. with compassion and acceptance. Yes, holding That's them. That's what transforms it. Yes. And then we don't have to unconsciously project it into mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another frame that I really like, because mm-hmm. frames are fun for me, I like Ken Wilber's frame talks about growing up and waking up. Mm-hmm. And I think there can be people that are quite awake, quite mm-hmm. awake in the world, and yet have a dysfunctional life. And others who have a, beautiful prison like they have got a healthy ego and we want you know only the mm-hmm. ego judges the ego we want healthy mm-hmm. integrated egos but to also discover what's beyond that and i know that you work you work in both your yes. foot in both worlds and so i just honor. i try well i will say in that the waking up thing reminds me of the period of like the 2020 21 vibes mm-hmm. where everyone is the conspiracy <laughs> world <laughs> yeah and i just like loved and appreciated that phase i kind of woke up to that vibe in like 20 2011 but mm-hmm. Just realizing, you know, when I kind of woke up and I I saw a lot of it, ingested a lot of it, kind of percolated a lot of it within my body, but then also being like, oh my God, it could become its own prison. Yes. It could become its own energetic signature that you could get stuck in. Yeah. And it's actually not the end. Mm -hmm. And I think when people wake up to certain things, you can get really stuck. Mm -hmm. And there's just... It's so beautiful in life how many little hooks there are and how many levels. You're like, okay, I got to this level where I'm waking up to the truth that there's true evil in the world or there's these things, whatever it is. And then whether it's aliens or starseeds, yeah. you know, it's something I really love to explore and talk about, but I can't get stuck there. Yeah. Because I can't be like, oh my God, aliens are real and they're coming and then I'm kind of just like <laughs> out on my porch every night looking for them and not living my life. You yeah. know, it's like- yeah. How can we always be mindful of like the trap doors that or like the traps that there are and finding other ways to get out of the tiny prisons that we can create or the the ways that the ego can sort of attach to things. Yeah. Yeah. um, And keep us stuck. Yeah. The, the, it's tricky when we don't see it. It's like a fish in water. We don't even know the water's there. That's when it gets, that's when, you know, and when somebody can wake us up out of, oh, you're living in water. There's a whole other environment possible. That's a whole, to me, that's spirituality. And that really is, or awakening is yeah. really about waking up to the narrative of who and what I thought I was in yeah. this moment. And so I just come back to no thought is true. Yeah. And just coming back to presence. And, you know, I, but I love the psychological, the mm-hmm. healing, the human potential. I love all of yeah. that. And underneath the foundation is wholeness, is mm-hmm. presence. Yeah. The what is true is very Course in Miracles vibes. Uh-huh. You know, the illusion, like, what you see is a meaningless world. Yeah, You give all meaning to a meaningless world. And A Course in Miracles is really helpful for mm-hmm. my growth and expansion. It's very radical. It's very direct. Yeah, You know, it's very, um, if you were someone that was unawakened, it could be very triggering. Mm. Talking about healing, talking mm-hmm. about disease, talking about nothing having meaning, mm-hmm. you know, talking about specialness as the ego's way to keep us trapped and separate. And so it's very, very radical, but that was something that I read that was very helpful for me in sort of seeing through Beautiful. a lot of the illusions within the space because I think being in the spirituality space or self-development or wellness or whatever it is, it's really beautiful, but you can also get very stuck. Mm-hmm. There's um, a whole other culture whole that vibe. gets but yeah, sucked in too. Oh yeah. yeah. You're like, and it could be very cap, it can be very materialistic. Yeah. 
it can be very much in the vein of materialism mm-hmm. too. So you can get, it can be like adjacent to that, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I'm a big fan of Eckhart Tolle's work. Oh yeah. That a new earth was the book that changed new my earth life. was the first awakening book for a lot of people. Yeah. It, a lot of people. It just rocked my world. And I can see, I could see ego in every culture, yes. every, everything. It was just like, here's the through line. It gave me a new lens. It gave mm-hmm. me a new light. So if pain I were body to too. the pain body, cause you know what I love about the pain body too. And in our work, it's, it's unblending mm-hmm. when you're like, Oh, I see Alyssa, but you're having a pain body experience. That's not you. That's your pain. Body. That's right. There's compassion. Yes. You just got taken over by your unconscious. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So whenever we can unblend, whether it's through IFS or pain body parts and kind of pull it out of ourselves, yeah, bring Ooh, there's a part of me that's activated that feels really angry. Yeah. You know, like then it's not me. Yeah. Then I'm like, Hey girl, what's up? You know, I can kind of be like, Oh yeah, that's not me. <laughs> that's why I was, I was yeah. laughing with myself today. Cause I was thinking, I'm like, about IFS and why I love the work. And I was like, oh, I love the work because it's like I could not take responsibility, but also take responsibility. Yeah, yeah. It's like this beautiful dichotomy. Of yeah. It. Yeah. And to say yes to all the parts, they yes. all have a place. Yes. They've just been misguided. Yep. That's the foundation of wholeness of acceptance. Yes. And I love all your wisdom and all the juicy nuggets. Yeah, and I thank yeah. you for sharing just so much of your vulnerable experience mm-hmm. and your both with relationships and yeah. conscious business. If you were to share with people, mm-hmm. you had a message to share. What would it be? I'm going to take this seriously. Yeah. And really think, I got to love, you know, be here now. It's just such a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, it can, I'm always like mindful. I'm like, how can this apply to more people? Yeah. Because um, I wanted to say love God, but I know some people don't really jive with the word God. Yeah. So I think be here now. Such yeah. a good one. Not original, but no, it's a good but one. it's just th- the through the classic. line. It's just the through line. Yeah, because you're like, oh, right now. Yeah, right now. Yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I had a, a mentor tell me to use the word God until it had no charge to it. Mm-hmm, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, why is this so uncomfortable for me? Yeah. Why do I judge people that say God? Yeah. And you know, I remember for so long with the word God. Um, yeah, I had the charge around it and I was like, why am I letting that be the def- defining if I'm having a relationship with God or not? Mm-hmm. And God is such a powerful charged word, but it feels so right. And it feels like the potency of it is something I really appreciate and what I really, really relate to. So yeah, I had to reclaim that word for me and what it means for me and that it can mean something outside of the church that I think for so long I had it within the context of religion, especially the Catholic church. Yeah. That I was like, oh no, that's not going to keep me from my relationship with the creator, the most high and um, reclaiming God as a word that I really use has just been such a, so amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. Be here now. Yeah. Yeah. Be here now. So for those that wanted to stay connected, mm-hmm. know about you, where can they find you? Well, um, you can go to Almost 30 Podcast yes. for the podcast, which are going to come podcast. on. I can't wait for our juicy conversation. Um, and then it's Krista on Instagram or any socials. It's I T S K or I S T A. Yeah. So much inspiration that you're mm-hmm. sharing in the world. Love you. I love you. Thank you for being here. I love you. Bye everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this work that changes the world, starting with yourself. It truly does make a difference. And if you're finding value in this podcast, a cost free way to support us is by leaving an up to five star review. It does mean the world to us. And as a thank you gift, we're going to send you one of the most powerful tools that you will ever discover. You're going to get behind the scenes access, showing you how to live into your full potential without letting fear hold you back from stepping into your dreams. 
Just head over to Apple Podcast or Spotify and leave a review now. You can take a screenshot before hitting submit and then go to alissanobriga.com forward slash podcast to upload it. And make sure to have your automatic downloads turned on wherever you listen so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. I have so much magic I can't wait to share with you. And you can find all this information in the show notes below. But lastly, if you're on Instagram, I love connecting and hearing from you. So come on over and say hello. I'm at alissanobriga. Thank you again for being here. I cannot wait to share more with you.